0: Welcome to the Living Ageless and Bold podcast. Each episode, I bring you amazing women who inspire, educate, and share their experiences and journeys along the way. So grab a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, find a cozy spot, and let's relax and have some fun hearing what can be accomplished after 55. Hey, everybody. All right. This, this is one of my dream interviews because everyone who knows me knows I love Chardonnay. And I'm super excited. We have Rachel Martin with us today, who is actually the founder of a winery that sells a fabulous Chardonnay that I actually love. And it's an amazing story because only 10% of women own wineries. So we're going to hear about her journey and how she got to where she is today. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks so much, Christina. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, I want to know everything about your life. Like how, because that's my dream. Like how, you don't wake up when you're 18 and say, oh, I'm going to have a winery someday. So I always love to tell the story of the journey, like how we got to where we got, because as we know, at our age, there are a lot of pivots along the way. So how does it start? How does the journey start getting to own a winery? Well, lucky for me,
1: my journey started with my family. Um, so, uh, let's see, my stepfather brought me into the wine industry. He, his name is John Cook and he's been a collector of fine wine, uh, for, you know, I guess maybe I could probably say half a century, um, or a little bit more. So when I was growing up, uh, he shared a lot of these wonderful Bordeaux wines with us at the dinner table. You know, not every day we celebrated with those wines, but at special occasions, which really was uh, meaningful because these wines are meant to be, you know, looked at a different way than daily wines. Um, so uh, so that's kind of how I was introduced. And then my stepfather, John, he used to own the Washington Redskins football team uh, before Snyder uh, bought it. And um, so once he no longer uh, uh, had those responsibilities, he went into his dream, which was to build a winery and plant a vineyard and brought me in as the executive vice president of that company. Uh, I went to school for wine to prepare myself in Bordeaux at the University of Bordeaux in France, um, and then also in Napa, Napa Valley College. So I went in running, you know, all the operations, learning how to build a winery from scratch. And that's how it was reasonably uh, easy to start my own winery,
0: Oceano Wines in 2016. Okay. I want to go back a little bit because you you said a lot and all that. Uh, Because I have a funny experience too. I went um, with my girlfriend, Mindy, her, her father actually developed Buckhead in Georgia. So he was very wealthy, very successful. And like your stepfather had this incredible wine collection. And I don't know, we are 20, 21 years old. We're at the formal dining room and he's serving us this beautiful wine. But you know, I'm 20 years old, still drinking Franzia out of a box. So I did not appreciate it. Like the first time you had a good wine, did you actually like it? Or were you like, uh, um, I well, I loved it.
1: Uh, yeah, so okay. I, I guess my palate was ready for wine uh, from day one, but we always had it with food, so maybe
0: yeah. that was another thing that it really you know brain- oh No, we had it with food, it was oh. a big, fancy dinner, but I just, I guess my palate wasn't ready for what it. Was like it, ready? it I now. was,
1: you know, 16 when I started drinking fine wine. So that kind of brings me to another project we could talk about later.
0: Uh, So, I mean, you go to France, like what a dream. I didn't even know that existed. So, No idea. It was
1: incredible. And I was a little bit intimidated because at the University of Bordeaux, they teach in French. Um, So as an American, you know, us Americans, if we don't have family members speaking other languages. We typically yeah. learn rudimentary uh, foreign languages. So I, I went in baptism by fire, so to speak. And um, but I, I was I immersed myself in the culture. I didn't know anyone in Bordeaux, so that was, in fact, tough. But it was a positive because I was forced to, uh, you know. Get to know the shopkeeper across the street and Bordeaux is one of these provincial towns where you have these individual, um, you know, small businesses where you get to know the owners. Um, and so they helped me piece together my apartment and it was, it was fun. And I was the only American they really knew, uh, Bordeaux, you know, of course is in Paris and, and it's a small town, uh, when you're outside of the wine regions, you don't have all of that tourism. So it was, you know, I was this novelty, um, you know, young, I was young at the time, young woman, uh, you know, just kind of out there, very friendly. And I don't know, it, it was, um, it was tough, but it just paid back, you know, with my, the connections that I made the culture yeah. that I experienced and, and, and adopted. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a dream come true.
0: Wow. How brave though. Had you at least had like a year of French in high school or you went cold? No, I, I had French in high school and I tried okay. to
1: prepare myself. I had a tutor, um, cause I, I went to school in Napa first to learn wine in English and then go to France. And I had a a French tutor in Napa, but it still didn't, you know, prepare me to, I had to get dumb things like a bank account, an apartment. Um, I had to get internet and a mobile phone. And these are things you take for granted um, when you do it in your own native language.
0: Yeah. Wow. So how many years did you study wine? Like actually between Napa and Bordeaux? I, I studied wine for two years. So
1: it wasn't an extensive cause I, I was never to be the winemaker. Um, I was to run everything and understand the business and the, you know, winemaking decisions and vineyard decisions. I did make wine in school. I did grow grapes in school. Um, But my goal was not to be a winemaker. My goal was to be a winery
0: executive. Okay, so then you come back to Virginia. Yeah,
1: culture shock.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Middle. I tried to extend it as much as possible.
1: You know, I was like, "Oh, I'd like to stay through the summer," even though I, you know, completed my studies like in June. And my stepfather was like, "Oh yeah, no, (laughs) we're coming back to work." So, um, so it, yeah. So then I, I arrive in, you know, Middleburg, which is a rural town. Um, I think at that time in the town of Middleburg, there's 600 residents of Middleburg, uh, and not a lot of community around wine, uh, you know, coming from Bordeaux, the epicenter of wine, and then going to Middleburg, I didn't have a lot of peers in the industry. So it was a, you know, it was it was a little isolating. Um, but Middleburg is a gorgeous. Air, how can you complain? I mean, how can you complain? Boxwood is uh, my family's winery, Boxwood Estate Winery in Middleburg is a um, 175 acre farm on the National Register of Historic Places. So former home of General Billy Mitchell who started the US Air Force. The home he lived in is the home my parents live in. Uh, and then, you know, we have all different homes on the property. I still have one there. Um, the winemaker and vineyard manage, manager are a couple, a married couple, and they also live on the farm. And then my brother, Sean, who now runs Boxwood um, and did before, but now since in my absence has taken over my responsibilities too. Um, so Sean lives there as well. It's, it's a kind of like out of a storybook.
0: Yeah. I've driven by it. It's, it is beautiful. So you, and you did a lot for Boxwood though, right? It was, Boxwood was, you know, was a small winery, local, let's talk about right. The winery.
1: So, um, I mean, I was there citing the vineyard, with our consulting viticulturist. Her name is Lucy Morton. She's a Virginia resident. Uh, So Lucy and I cited that together. We got a backhoe, dug six feet deep pits uh, to analyze the soils. This is me, Lucy, John, my stepdad, and my mom, Rita. We were all doing this together. This is 2002. Um, So so I was there from the get-go uh, and then you know, imagine social media. It was just the beginning of Twitter and Facebook, and so I created all of those accounts. I figured out interstate shipping. I figured out you know we have a, a state of the art winery. You know, how does this all work? I worked hand in hand with our winemaker, who at that his name is Adam McTaggart. At that time, he was also the vineyard manager, and I relayed to my stepdad and. Um, so yes, I was instrumental in all of it. And then my brother came later on and we had wine bars uh, in the DC metropolitan area. And Sean was in charge of those, uh, called the tasting room, really a family affair. Uh, so I was, I was the first one there and I built the, let's see, I built all of our distribution, our branding, our social media, uh, running the operations, all, all you know, packaging. i never figure, I had to figure out sourcing glass, sourcing corks, sourcing capsules. We had, none of us had ever done that before. Uh, so it was, um, it was an exciting, never ending, uh, new tasks, uh, to do even designing our labels. So I designed our original labels And um, getting them approved by what we, you know, the TTB, which is the Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the federal um, body that oversees all of wine production. So I I learned all of these uh, steps to building a flourishing industry. And then, of course, Boxwood, we not only distributed wholesale, so we sold you know, we started a wine club, we had a tasting room, we had wine bars, we had wholesalers in multiple states, maybe 10 or 12 states, and then started exporting to Quebec, Canada, and then also to the UK. Yeah. So it's just a lot of stuff from 2002. But it's such a great,
0: yeah. it's such a great story that, I mean, you didn't learn that in Bordeaux no, and Napa. You no. learned wine there. You figured out how to how to grow this yes. winery into, you know, a worldwide brand now. So congratulations. Yes. Thank it's, you. It's, we talk about this. We're get shit done girls. Like you yes. figure it out. It was a joy like, I, to do yeah. all of it. And, and, and you made mistakes along the way. I always love to point that out because well, there, there is no, well, we don't just, Oh, fairy tale. Now I have a winery. And, you know, I'm sure it was a lot of work over a long period of time, I figure so much of my
1: value is there is the mistakes that I made because I know now how to do things properly. Um, because I've done, I've done it all, you know, um, I want to add one thing that I forgot, which is kind of a big deal. I petitioned for Middleburg, Virginia to be a recognized wine growing region It's called an AVA, an American Viticultural Area. Most people know an AVA by Napa or Sonoma or Napa Valley or Sonoma Coast. These are all American viticultural areas. There were only six in Virginia at the time. And I wrote the seventh AVA and it's called Middleburg, Virginia, which was established in 2012. Amazing. Congratulations.
0: Amazing. Okay. So now you've done boxwood and it's now successful. What makes you go off on your own? And let's talk about Oceano.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, the wine industry and, and grape growing industry is very unique. Um, and you, your network, you know, just spider webs out because there aren't that many of us but we're—it's all word of mouth. It's all who you know. It's all connected. So, it—it it, it, the story starts with my husband Kurt Deutsch. I met Kurt at the Middleburg Film Festival. He uh, produced a film, a movie musical, called The Last Five Years, and it was the opening night film at the festival in 2014. I was on the board of the festival. There was a dinner before the showing of his movie. We were randomly sat uh, across the table from each other. That's how we met. And then fast forward, we start dating. And in 2016, I start to meet his family and and his family friends. Henry Warshaw is his dad's very close friend and next door neighbor. Henry has a wine, a vineyard called Spanish Springs, where I now source fruit exclusively for Oceano wines. So he said, oh, you have a vineyard. I have a vineyard. Why don't you come visit my vineyard in San Luis Obispo, California? It's, you know, it's beautiful. It's right on the coast. And I mean, I'm, I am the type of person, if I see an adventure or an opportunity I jump to it and will jump over hurdles to to participate. So that's what I did. I flew out to San Luis Obispo, to Spanish Springs Vineyard. I immediately fell in love with it. The soil combinations of limestone, marine shale, sandstone, fossilized shells, and its proximity to the ocean a mile and a half away, its design planted into a canyon. So you have this Bowl with different elevations and hillsides. I immediately knew I could make a great wine from there. And it inspired me so much uh, to start Oceano Wines just from that first visit. I contracted immediately for six tons of Chardonnay and then I had to figure it out. How
0: long does it take to make a vintage?
1: Um, well, pretty much you have to know what you want. So when you're working with a grape grower, you have a contract. It's smart to get your contract set before the beginning of the growing season year. So I would say you start to plan Q4. And then um, the next year, you work with the growers. And then your harvest happens in between September and November. And then, you you know, you make your wines, you age your wines in barrel And then you bottle usually in June of the following year. And then you don't have your wines to market for another, say, maybe six months. So it's something like 24 months before your wine is actually available for purchase each vintage.
0: It's so fun. But um, let's talk about the things that you're doing for sustainability. Because we talked about this, like the glass and the screw tops and I mean, you're really making an impact with what you're doing, not just creating an award-winning um, wine. What Chardonnay was 2017 Domestic Wine of the Year? Domestic Wine of the Year. That was a great call to take. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. I... But let's talk about the extra. So you've got this amazing wine, but you're doing a lot of stuff to help yeah. the environment too, well, not just producing amazing wine. Absolutely. And it's,
1: it's a topic that's very... Uh, Important now more than ever is sustainability and your carbon footprint. And we're doing everything we can to lessen our carbon footprint. When we started Oceano, we had glass bottles that weren't the heaviest out there, but had some weight to them. And then after evaluating and listening, you know, to to what was going on, we thought it's better to reduce our footprint in any way that we can. The first way that we can do it is by reducing the weight of our bottles. So Oceanos bottles are the lightest weight bottles that you can find, and they're made of up to 75% recycled glass. So that is one way. Um, Then our closures. So how we close, keep the wine in the bottle. Uh, we use a hundred percent natural cork, which is reusable. It can be used for uh, gymnasiums, tennis shoes, a host of things. You just have to bring your corks, uh, to be, um, repurposed and a different, uh, businesses offer that one of them is whole foods. You can bring all of your, collect oh, wow. all of your corks, bring them there. They'll take them from you. Um, that is a great tip to know. I didn't know that. Yes, and then with our new project, Oceano Zero, which we can get into, we're going to get into that. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. We yes, use yes. Um, 100% recyclable screw cap closures, so you just, you know, throw your glass in the glass bin, and then your, you know, your cans or aluminum in that bin, and you know, you're taking care of the environment. Our vineyard, or not our vineyard, Spanish Springs Vineyard. I think of it as my vineyard. I love it so much. Spanish Springs Vineyard is SIP certified sustainable. That's SIP, sustainability and practice. That means that we are taking care of the people, planet, and prosperity through that. So people is paying a living wage, offering access to healthcare, and on-the-job training in Spanish and English. We don't use herbicides or pesticides, all of our sprays are certified organic. Um, the water, water use is taken into consideration as well and all of the water we use to uh, irrigate the vines comes from a natural aquifer on the property. We have goat and sheep roaming the property, taking care of the grass and the weeds and reducing uh, fire pressure along the way. Uh, so it's, it's cute, but it's also uh, great for, th- for the planet, for us all to prosper. So those are, those yeah. are the ways that we're, um, being as sustainable as we can. And if new things come along, we will adopt to that as well.
0: But I love that. Cause not every, you don't have to do it. No. So you're really, you know, it's, I, I love that you're doing that it's okay, a passion. now. <laughs> and it's obvious. I mean, it really is you, it comes through. But now let's really talk about your new passion because this is pretty exciting. Let's talk about Oceano Zero. I
1: mean, right now it's really a big deal. Um, we are all we all care so much about our health, physical health, mental health, and um, reducing our consumption of alcohol improves both of those things and our health in general. Not everyone drinks alcohol, so you can think of it as creating an inclusive celebrations, inclusive holidays, inclusive environment for all. No one should be left out of toasting with a great glass of wine. You just, it just doesn't have to have alcohol in it. So Oceano Zero is the industry's first luxury, non-alcoholic Pinot Noir. Uh, Luxury because we start with our own wine, our fine wine so we have the best grapes spanish springs vineyard is one of the most sought after uh, vineyards for for fruit in the state of california there are 36 producers like me who are sourcing from spanish springs because it's so incredible so we start out with the best fruit we apply the you know uh most innovative winemaking uh, uh decisions so you know, we have a master winemaker. Her name is Marin Walgamot. And so she makes, our, she turns our amazing grapes into beautiful wines. We use only the best French oak barrels. And then the next step is we're removing the alcohol. And we do that in the most gentle way possible, which is called a spinning cone column process. It's not necessary to heat up the wine in order to do this process because heating the wine to a certain temperature will uh, damage the character and and reduce the quality of the wine we don't have to do that so the wine is put into this cone of columns that are spinning spins out the alcohol and um, preserves the aromas on a thin alcohol base a thin film so we add a little bit of that back Into the wine. So, our non alcoholic wines are less than 0.5% alcohol. It's a great option for during the week. I love to drink wine. And now that I have a fine non alcoholic wine that I can enjoy, that's my go to during the week. And more so on the weekends as well. I've, you know, as I said in the beginning, I started uh, enjoying wine at a very young age. And I've been, uh, you know, consuming alcohol. It's our industry and it's kind of what we do. Um, but now you can do it without the alcohol looking after for yourself, but also creating this inclusive table for whether you're, you know, your religion, uh, eliminates alcohol from your daily life, or if you're pregnant or what, whatever the reasons are, everyone can toast now that we have Oceano zero and other wines like that.
0: Well, and it's so great. Cause I, I do, I love wine. Like I really, I don't, I don't drink liquor. Like I love wine, but I love wine a lot. And I love, you know, I'm talking and I'm drinking and mm-hmm. it's so exciting. And there, there are no good non-alcoholic wines on the market or nothing that I have found yeah. until this, yeah. which is so amazing that there's actually like, you like you feel like you're drinking a really nice glass of wine. I, I'm long gone are the days of the Franzia box. That was like college and post-college. <laughs> <Yes. No. laughs> I have acquired a taste for good wine. Um, That's so the, you're right. it a is. great thing. That's a great, thing. it is. It's a great alternative and, you know, getting older and, you know, and if you're pregnant, like there's so many things and it's so nice and you're going all in on this. Like, I know you're super passionate about it.
1: I am. It's improved my own life. So Oceano zero, uh, opened up my mind. I started, um, I started Oceano zero last year around October. We had just harvested and I thought, well, I looked at the non-alcoholic market and I tasted everything that I could. And I was little worried, you know, I was concerned. I was like, God, there's no, all this wine tastes like bulk wine. You know, like no one really cared about the source. And I thought, what do I, where's my place here? Why am I considering this? And then I realized, well, I can bring fine wine to all the people look that this matters to. So that I found my calling that way. And uh, then I participated in dry January this year. Um, It changed my life. Like I was saying, um, I didn't drink for the month and everything improved for me. My clarity, um, focus, uh, my sleep, um, and being present, 100% present for those connections. Most mistakes in people's lives typically are made when they're intoxicated. Um, And you just, you have more time to think things through and you're more your authentic self when you're not intoxicated. Let's just be honest. Um, So Oceano Zero is a very exciting because I
0: think it's, it's the future. I love it. And I know you just launched, so where can we find it? Is it in stores yet? Is it, it only is on your website?
1: Um, it's on our website. So all of our wines are on our website, uh, which is oceanowines.com. You'll see shop oceano zero and shop oceano wines and also online at Boisson. It's Boisson means it's to drink or a drink in French. Yep. And so there's um, a company they they have in-store as well as online. So Boisson is located in New York, multiple locations, LA and San Francisco and soon opening in Miami, but everyone can purchase it online and they specialize in adult non-alcoholic beverages. So you can pick up a bottle of Oceana Zero, but in a, a host of
0: other delicious options as well. Okay, great. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll We'll link directly oh. to it. And you, right now, it's just the Pinot Noir, right? And then we got a Chardonnay coming. Pinot Noir. Um, We all of our
1: wines are in barrel right now, Uh, and we have Pinot Noir, of course, Chardonnay, and Syrah. Sorry, I'm very excited about that because I've never made Syrah before. So those those three varieties are going to be available as Oceano Zero. So that's our 2023 vintage will be available April of 2024. With non-alcoholic wine, you don't have to age it as long and it's available to drink sooner. So it actually helps a lot when you're the creator, you could start selling sooner.
0: There you go. I love it. Oh my gosh. It's What an exciting journey. Um, what's next? Oh, geez. Um, well, uh, what's
1: next? We are speaking with importers. So Oceano Wines and Oceano Zero next year will be imported to Greece so and mm. um, Canada as well. So we're looking, especially with Oceano Wines, our traditional wines, we're going to keep them very small production. Oceano Zero, we're looking to be a global brand. So we're um, extending our distribution to those two countries, and then we'll be opening up the UK uh, and the EU as well. So I'm hoping to get all of that, you know,
0: God help me, but I'm hoping to get all of that done in 2024. You will, there's not a doubt in my mind. So we wrap up every show with the same two questions. Uh, what is the greatest thing you have accomplished since you turned 50?
1: Okay, well, there's so many things. And I would, I mean, I don't mean to be obvious, but I would have to say Oceano Zero is my greatest accomplishment since I turned 50. So that's, you know, uh, that's two years. <laughs> that's exciting. And then where do you see
0: yourself in 10 years?
1: Oh boy, I see myself traveling the world uh, in 10 years representing my brand, Oceano Zero, uh, all all over the world and doing that, of course, with my husband, Kurt.
0: I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Christina. I mean, I just love being with you. So fun. So everybody check out Oceano Wines, check out Oceano Zero. Um, It's a game changer. Very exciting. So thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for listening or for watching this episode of Living Ageless and Bold. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe. And if you like the episode, I hope that you will give us a great review. You can also head over to livingagelessandbold.com and sign up for information, inspiration, and exclusive opportunities for us, women over 55. Thanks for listening. And remember, no matter what you do, keep living, ageless, and bold.